From Alaska Teen Media Institute, this is Zoom Room, a youth-produced podcast where we zoom into a different theme or topic through interviews and conversations relevant to us, the youth of Alaska. I'm Abney producer Daisy Carter, and for this episode, we're going to hear from Alaska singer-songwriter Ava Earle. Apne producer Yuli Zong spoke with Ava about her music, how quarantine has influenced her music, and what inspired her new album. Here's Yuli Zong speaking with Ava Earl. So how long have you been singing and writing songs? Um, well, I've probably been singing about my whole life, just like, you know, as kids, like, you know, kids sing a lot, <laughs> I feel like. Um, I've been playing guitar for about 10 years and writing songs for nine or 10. Wow, that's a really long time. <laughs> um, what inspired you to start? Um, my parents always had a rule that we had to um, be in like a sport and um, play an instrument. And so when I was like, my first instrument was actually the penny whistle. And then my teacher moved, so I had to choose a new instrument. And I was like, oh, the flute. And I had asthma, so that was terrible. And I actually quit the flute. <laughs> um, and so then we moved to Girdwood from Anchorage, and um, which limits like um, options for choosing which instrument you want to play. And I wanted to play something super unique. And my mom was like, Ava, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> She's like, you should choose guitar or piano. And I was like, I felt like guitar was slightly cooler than piano. I, I wanted to be really special. So <laughs> I was like, okay, I'll play guitar. And yeah, haven't really looked back, honestly. <laughs> What's your favorite part about playing guitar? Um, I really, I like once, okay, actually probably like the hardest thing for me to learn on guitar was finger picking, um, like finger picking patterns. But once I got it down, it became so much easier for me to like pick them up. And so now I feel like I can learn a new picking pattern in hours or days. And it takes like, it, it used to take me like months. Um, so that's probably my favorite part is it's really cool to like, I feel like it adds a level of like um, originality to music when people have their own like specific thing they do. Mm, so yeah, that's I, great. Don't, I like to try to make up picking patterns. <laughs> Now, could you tell us about how music influenced your life growing up? Like, was there a musical environment in your family? Yeah, um, there definitely, we weren't like a musical family, like we all played instruments and like stuff like that. Um, it was mostly just my sibling, Hadley and I, but we definitely did grow up like under the constant influence of music. Like we would go see shows and like mostly my mom and I, um, and we still do. That's like, we'll go and see stuff in the summer and in the winter and well, yeah, all the time, basically. <laughs> um, and we were always listening to music, too. So there's a lot of albums that, like, just remind me of my childhood, like uh, Be Okay by Ingrid Michaelson, that whole album. Um, I've basically been listening to my whole life. <laughs> so, yeah, stuff like that. Um, we've heard that you're pretty well known, not only for your musical abilities, <laughs> but also, like, your comfort level with live shows. So what's your favorite part about performing live? Oh, um... Definitely when you're in a situation, I mean, I, I really love all live performances, especially like post COVID. I feel like we've all been given a like deeper appreciation for live shows. Mm -hmm. um, but my favorite type of live show to play, especially when I'm like really into it is um, a listening room show where the audience is there for the music first. Like that's the reason they came. Um, and 
I think it's really cool because it allows for like this kind of like there's a lot of connection that happens even though I feel like it's mostly ends up being like a monologue on my end but there's like room for audience like response like um not like you know they're like yelling things or anything like that but like I feel like there's an emotional connection that happens during listening room shows that's really cool and it gives um I mean as an audience member because I also love attending listening room shows it's really cool to like hear the stories about the songs and you can like really listen to the lyrics and like appreciate them a little bit more I feel like and that's really cool as an artist as well to like know that people are there listening to like the words that you intentionally write I think that's pretty neat so like the interaction between the performers and the audience yes there's definitely like a lot of energy sharing I feel like and I am someone who like if there's a low energy crowd it like will mess with me like even though I know that it's not my like you know, if people are there to eat food, they're going to eat food and listen to music like as a second thing, which is totally reasonable. Right. But as a performer, sometimes I'll get in my head about it and I'll be like, "Ugh, this song really must stink. And then like, so it's really cool to have the listening room show because, you know, you know, people are there for for your music and hopefully they're enjoying it. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember what your first live show was like? Um, yeah. So actually, my first live show was probably... Um, I mean, the first time I've, like, performed anywhere, I think, was at, um, the Under 21 open mic at Middleway Cafe with Laura Odin, and, um, so Laura is actually a family friend, which is kind of cool, um, and so I don't, I think it must have been through her that we found out about the open mics and started going, and that was really fun, and my friends and I had a band, actually, <laughs> so, um, we were, I'm Ava, obviously, and my two best friends at the time were Isabel and Emily. And so we made a band called AEI Oh Yeah. And we would play like covers at open mic. And I mean, they were really bad. Like <laughs> we were like out of tune and like, you know, it was like, I don't know. It was like, you know, stuff you do as a kid. Um, and then that kind of like let me open myself up a little bit more. Like it's like, oh yeah, if I can play like, wayfaring stranger on stage with my three friends and it sounds like absolutely crazy then I can get up and do my own thing and who cares what it sounds like you know you get up and do it um so that's been pretty cool that sounds like so much fun yeah and it's great that you got to like expand your comfort uh -huh. zone with that yeah I definitely for the longest time I was like a super soft-spoken singer and I actually like did not even know it like I had it through my head like I was being loud and I, I have now met people, like, younger kids who will be, like, I'll be, like, okay, a little louder this time, like, cause sometimes I'll do, like, singing groups and stuff like that, and they're, like, that was so loud, I'm, like, oh, I know what you mean, like, you know, uh, you get in your head, and you're, like, you're, like, I'm really, like, putting myself out there, and I had it through my head that I was singing very loudly, and I was, like, barely whispering, <laughs> so, but, yeah, it's good to, like, have gotten a, like, safe space opportunity to put myself out there, mm -hmm. yeah. So I've listened to one of your songs, Forever Girl. Mm -hmm. I think the chorus is really like catchy and memorable. The whole song is. Oh, and <laughs> I think your vocals are really beautiful. Um, one of the things that also stood out to me was the lyrics. So could mm -hmm. you tell us a little bit about the lyrics and what inspired you to write that song? Yeah, so Forever Girl, for me, just I kind of sat down and like, it was one of the first songs that I wrote in quarantine, actually. And it was a decent amount into quarantine as well. Um, but I just kind of like sat down on my bed and it just, it came together really quickly. And I honestly, I don't remember if I had to like, if I had an inspiration from a book or something, but 
something happened. I don't remember what. Um, but the story for me is about, I mean, it's about a woman who is escaping an abuse. Um, and I feel like as a woman, it's not, this isn't necessarily my story. And I feel like I was a little bit cautious after I wrote that, like whether or not it was right for me to release a song because I didn't want to speak for anyone else or something like that. But in the end, I decided that, um, I mean, I want this song to be a healing song, like, because for me, the point of it is that she is herself just a strong woman. And, um, you know, she's overcoming challenges in her life. And I feel like we can take that, you know, to a like very literal, like abusive relationship kind of stance, or it could be more metaphorical, like um, she's just, you know, becoming her own person. And I don't know, I just want it to be empowering for women. Um, and yeah, basically just to tell, just to let people live their lives, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> So you're hoping the message that people will understand is to like stand up for themselves? Um, or just to like, I, I mean, honestly, I still kind of am confusing myself with it a little bit. I don't, I don't feel like we should expect anyone to react any certain way to like, you know, whatever traumatic situation, whether it's like abuse or like, you know, loss of a loved one or anything like that. Um, but like, I don't know, I, I write a lot of songs, a lot of made up songs, honestly, just about like powerful women. Um, and so I feel like this is just kind of a twist on that. Like she's just she's just living her life and, you know, she got through it. And I think that's really the message is like at the end of the day, she's like being her best self, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's so great that you're using your music as a means to like share stories and experience mm -hmm. and also like empower females. Um, are you also involved with like other activities? Yeah. Um, yeah. So actually I have, um, I, I'm part of Anchorage Youth Vote. So I've worked with Abby before through like PSAs and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, we do a lot of fun stuff for the community, like mock elections, stuff like that. Um, and then also last summer I was part of When We All Vote, which is like a, um, I believe it was like campaign started by Michelle Obama, but it's like um, the youth run section of it. It's called My School Votes. So stuff like that. And that was more like just straight up voter outreach, like getting young people to register to vote and stuff like that. So yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, could you tell us some more about this intersection you have between your activism work and your music and maybe how you hope it could inspire change? Yeah. Um, I feel like as both a young person, like I said, I'm 18, um, and a woman, I feel like, I mean, at, for as much privilege as I do have, like, a lot of women are, like, you know, we live in a patriarchal society, like, there's a lot going against us just for being um, the other sex. And um, I also think that young people tend to get overlooked in our, like, political community and, like, a lot of decision-making forums. Um, and so youth vote really makes me feel empowered because like we do trainings for like businesses or not businesses, but like organizations like this is how to like ask for youth input and then actually follow through on it and not just like use youth as decoration and stuff like that. And so that means a lot to me. And then also as far as my music, I just feel like 
I've grown up with so many like strong female role models and I think that's really inspiring and I didn't really realize that not everyone had that until I was a little older. And I don't know, I feel like I feel like you can't really have too much of like um like really strong women like in your life. So like yeah, I'll write songs about you know, like we were talking about Forever Girl. I've also got like multiple songs that are from the perspective of like a goddess and she's just being like powerful. I don't know. I think it's cool to just like let women be strong and let them exist and they don't have to be like, you know, a hero or anything. They can just be living their own story and still be like fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, now shifting uh, direction a little bit to the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Wow. Early 2020. Um, what sort of plans did you have for your career? Like maybe you had some scheduled live concerts and how did they change because of the pandemic? Yeah, that definitely happened. I probably would have, I usually play like 30 to 50 shows a summer and last summer I played like five. So that was a big shift, um, which also, I mean, like I said, I have a lot of privilege. My parents fund a decent amount of my musical stuff if I need help. Um, I mean, I try to do it all myself, but <laughs> you know, um, so that, that hurt me financially, um, not being able to have those gigs. And I was pretty lucky that like my parents were able to like help me out with some like getting merch and stuff like that. Um, and probably the biggest aspect of my music career that was impacted by COVID was that right before COVID hit in February, I flew to Nashville and recorded my upcoming album, The Roses. And um, that probably would have been released last summer, if not for COVID, which would have been really cool. Um, but I'm releasing it in like what, like two weeks from when we're recording this now. Um, no, one week. So it's really soon. It snuck up on me. Um, I don't know. I'm really excited about it. I feel like obviously there is so much like pain that COVID caused. And, you know, if my album had to wait another year, I feel like that's totally fine. <laughs> In the early days of quarantine, when we all suddenly had so much time on our mm-hmm. hands, like not going out as much, so people stayed inside. And a lot of us seemed to set these goals, like people were finally going to get around to reading that book that they wanted to read. Mm-hmm. Or like, I decided to try my hand at some creative writing. So like, did you set any similar goals because of quarantine? And how did those play out? Honestly, I didn't. Um... I am usually like a very, very busy person between music. I'm also like an athlete. I run um, and like school and stuff. I basically was always super busy. And so when we had COVID and we like weren't even in school at all, it was honestly, it was probably a well-needed like reset for me. So I, I exercised a lot actually because I was so like bored and like emotionally distraught because like at the beginning of COVID, I was like, you know, couldn't see anyone It was real, I mean, we all went through that, you know, like where it was just like really hard to go from like seeing everyone and being normal to like, it felt so different and weird. Mm -hmm. And um, so I was exercising like twice a day with my parents just to have something to do, like going skiing, stuff like that. Um, And I read a lot of books. And the one thing I really didn't do was music. I basically didn't touch my guitar for a long time. Um, And then probably about a year ago I like picked it up a little bit more and started writing some more songs um and then really it was like this spring I've finally written like a bunch more (laughs) so yeah it was interesting 
It's good that you took a break though, because then like you can come back to music right. refreshed. I do. I do feel refreshed, honestly. And I mean, my mom and I always love like my most recent song the most because it's like exciting and stuff. But she was telling me she's like, Ava, I feel like you've got you're in a new age of your songwriting. <laughs> it's like kind of funny because I feel like I definitely did have like solid few months where I just like didn't write anything, which is always scares me a little bit. That happens at least once a year where I like won't write a song for like two months. I'm always like, oh my God, I can't sit down and do this. What is wrong with me? <laughs> and then all of a sudden I'll get inspired and I'll sit down and I'll write a song. I'll be like, oh, I'm fine. <laughs> so, yeah. But um, yeah, it was definitely, it was needed. Mm. During quarantine or like the pandemic era, did you do any virtual concerts? Yeah, I did a few actually. Um, I did, there's a club down in Boston called Club Passim that I went to visit um, a few years ago. And I know like the people who run the music there, um, Matt Smith and uh, Abby, not gonna remember her last name, but they're all really nice and super cool. Um, and so they invited me to do a few live streams and stuff. And they've just been like a great source of support for the music community um in Boston but also kind of nationally like they have a like artist fund and stuff for like struggling artists and stuff during COVID so that was really cool I also I did a few other live streams and like workshops so I did a work like a veterans songwriting workshop which was pretty cool uh -huh. um and I also did some like kids writing workshops which are always fun so that was good stuff now we're going to shift directions again to talk about um, your ear. Oh, yeah. And could you explain, like, um, when that happened and, like, what happened? Yeah. So <laughs> end of March, or maybe it was beginning of March, actually. I think it was, like, March 10th or something like that. So it's been March, April, June, July, three months. Um, three months ago, I was, like, running a race in the dome with my mask on. 400 so I was like sprinting it and um afterwards I like over the course of two hours lost hearing completely in my right ear <laughs> so <laughs> it's really not that funny but um it hasn't been that bad either it's permanent hearing loss and it's sensory neural which means that my cochlea is basically like screwed but <laughs> um uh which is inner ear and they don't know why either because there are a bunch of factors like pressure, oxygen, stuff like that. Like it really could have been anything and it could have like had nothing to do with the race also. So basically where I'm at now is I had a bunch of steroid shots in my ear, like through my eardrum, um, which was fun. I also had a tube in my ear and was self-administering steroids through like an eardroppy thing for a little bit. That was really not fun at all. Um, and it became clear that the steroids were not really doing anything for me. Um, my hearing fluctuated, it like peaked at mildly severe or something like that. And we were stoked because it's like, that's borderline hearing aid level. Um, so we were like, oh, maybe I can get into hearing aid. Um, but then it went back down. So I am currently severely deaf, which is just a slight step above profound. Um, so I can hear like really low notes in my right ear and it really doesn't do me that good. Like for the most part in in real life, um, I, I can't hear on my right ear. I just like, 
it's not enough that I can tell when people are approaching or like understand what they're saying to me or anything like that. Um, the good news is that I did just get um, a surgical bone anchored implant. So there's a little screw in my skull that's going to start when they activate it in like a week and a half. It's going to start buzzing with like, you know, how sound is a wave. And so it's going to like start um, vibrating with those like wave formations of sound coming in through my ear. And it's going to send it through my skull, through sound conduction to my left cochlea, which apparently works fantastically. So um, I'm pretty stoked for that. So I'm going to be hearing everything out of my left ear, but I'm going to get full, um, like, uh, like environmentally, I'll be able to hear everything. So it's going to, I'm not exactly sure how it's going to sound yet, but um, it was basically the best option after consulting like my surgeon and like uh, the audiologist I see. Um, it was the best option for like quality of sound and stuff like that. So I'm pretty stoked. Um, I Honestly, it hasn't screwed up my music too much. It's mostly just like I can't get a great like... Um, hold on like what what the mix sounds like when I'm playing with multiple instruments or like multiple people so I kind of need like my mom or someone else that I trust to be there like oh this is a little off or something like that but you know for the most part it's not so bad it's kind of just fun little quirk <laughs> it sounds like a whole process but we definitely hope it goes well yeah, for you no, thanks. yeah it should there's no reason the surgery was very successful as far as like getting the implant under my skin so there's like there's the screw and then there's like a processor under my skin too so i've got this like little lumpy thing. <laughs> it's not like super big or anything like that but i do have a small lump under my skin um and then there's going to be an external piece that sits like right behind my ear um, but yeah, there's no reason that it shouldn't work when they activate it in a week and a half, but yeah, stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> we heard that you have a new album coming out yes. called The Roses, I believe on July 23rd. Yes, correct. Um, can you tell us a little bit about it, like what inspired you and what message you're hoping to give to people? Yeah, um, The Roses is really... It's a collection of songs from like a specific period of my life, which now feels like it was forever ago. <laughs> um, but it's still like, I still connect with it a lot because um, I feel like at the root, it explores like, you know, some of my first relationships, um, like my romantic relationships, but also like friendships and like um, just going through the world. There's a lot of like existential like questioning that I have on there and I feel like a lot of my songs have something to do with that um and you know then there's two goddess songs just thrown in there <laughs> so it's really kind of it's across the board I feel like it's about connection whether it's connecting to other people or to yourself and I feel like mostly I write songs to like organize my emotions and like I feel like the way that I write songs, at least, is very organized. Like, I think of it like, you know, you got verse, you got chorus, you got bridge, and they signify different, like, parts or different, like, I feel like the chorus is, like, the main story, and then, or, like, it's the biggest part of the story, and then the verse is, like, expanding on that is usually how I think about stuff, and it really helps me, like, categorize how I'm thinking, and I'm, like, so that's helped me a lot with, like, any kind of relationship especially when I'm like questioning something about myself or like, I don't know, having doubts about the world. 
as a whole. <laughs> it's been, yeah. So I think that's kind of what The Roses is about. <laughs> it's good to have music as a way to like have an outlet yes, for your for thoughts sure. and emotion. Yeah. So you're going to have an album release and an ear surgery all within like the same month yes. or time frame. <laughs> yeah. um, how do you feel doing these at around the same time? I feel good. I mean, the surgery was pretty quick recovery. The first night was horrible. It was like, oh, I was so miserable. and I was in a lot of pain. But the next few days, I started feeling better and better. And it like took me like five days before I could run. So really, I mean, they are they have been like about a month apart. I feel pretty fine. I mean, it's I definitely feel better to have it in, even though it's not going to be activated. It gets activated like three days after the release show or something like that, um, which is kind of a bummer. But I feel comfortable with where I'm at. And like I've been hearing this way for three months now. So <laughs> um, I kind of know what I'm dealing with. And I'm mostly just excited. Like it's kind of two exciting things happening for me around the same time. So, yeah, I'm pretty stoked. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> Have you thought of what you'd like to do in the future as a career? Yeah. Um. Obviously, well, maybe not obviously. For me, I never wanted to be like a full-time musician until more recently. But I think that right now my ideal career path would just be to be a full-time professional musician and like tour and, um, you know, get to meet cool people and record, write songs. That's all my favorite stuff. Um, but that doesn't mean that, you know, it takes a lot to be a professional musician, like resource wise. <laughs> um, and if that does not end up being like a sustainable career for me financially or like otherwise, um, I would love to be a scientist. I think genetics are really cool. Um, I mean, we're in physics together. I will not be a physicist, but I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah. But um, I think, like, you know, biological sciences are cool, especially, like, um, like microbiology, stuff like that. So I'm going to pursue that when I go to college next year at Northwestern, or this year, in, like, a few months. Um, yeah. One month. <laughs> um, wow, it's, like, realization during the podcast. Um, but, yeah, I think either would be pretty cool. And we heard that you have a concert coming up. Do you want to talk more about it and how people can get tickets? Yes, I would love to. So my album release show, which I'm super excited about, um, it is going to take place at the PAX, the Performing Arts Center. Um, and I'm so stoked. Um, I've played, it's in the Sydney Lawrence Theater, which is like, I believe, like the medium-sized one. Um, it fits about 300 people at full capacity, but we are doing half capacity, so you'll be distanced. Your group will be distanced from other people by a few seats. Um, you're also welcome to wear a mask, and um, please wear a mask if you're unvaccinated. I will say that. Um, but yeah, it's going to be really exciting. I've played in that auditorium before. I opened for Rhett Miller when he came to Alaska. Um, I opened for him there, and I, there's other, like, random things that I feel like I've done there. But um, it's my favorite theater in the pack. I'm really stoked about it. Um, sorry, I'm like nerding out about the theater. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm going to be playing all of the songs from The Roses. I've got a full band with me. So we've got Lucky Spider, which is a sibling duo um, singing vocals for me. And you can find them on Instagram. Uh, Marty Severin, who happens to be their dad, is playing bass. Um, Andy Mullen, my longtime friend and collaborator, collaborator <laughs> is going to play guitar. 
And um, Don Lindsay, who is, I believe she's in like the um, chamber orchestra for Alaska. So she's like fantastic and also happens to be a family friend. She's going to play violin. So we've got a lot of really cool people that are going to be joining me. So I'm super stoked because I have not played with the band in since I recorded the album, actually, the last time. So that's going to be great. And I'm also going to be telling stories about the songs, like how they came to be, the recording process. So it's just going to be kind of like a deep dive into the album as a whole. Um, so it's like part storytelling night, part um, concert. And yeah, I'm really stoked. You can get your tickets at centertix.com and you can just like search up Alaska Center of Performing Arts. Um you can also go to my website, which is avaearl.com. I will have a link in there. Or you can go to my link tree, which you can find. It's linktr.ee slash avaearl, A-V-A-E-A-R-L. Or you can go to my Instagram and the link is in there too. And that's avaearlmusic. So, yeah. <laughs> sounds like a really big, really exciting event. Yeah, I'm super stoked. We're selling selling tickets so if you want if you want to see you should get one now <laughs> but yeah and now for our final question okay if you could talk to your past self past ava who's still at the beginning of her songwriting journey <laughs> um what advice would you tell her um stay true to who you are and don't don't think that you have to be a certain type of musician or be a certain type of person <laughs> um, and just, yeah, just do what feels right to you and yeah, make your own decisions. That's great. And now, um, would you like to play a song for us? Yes, I would love to. I'll, yeah. I'll play Forever Girl. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Looking at 
Thanks so much for coming to our interview and playing songs for us. Of course. Thank you guys so much for having me. Um, yeah, this has been super cool. So thank you. Yeah. That was APNE producer Yuli Zong speaking with Ava Earl. You've been listening to Zoom Room, a production of Alaska Teen Media Institute. Our show's theme music is by Kendrick Whiteman. Alaska Teen Media Institute is based in Anchorage, Alaska. We would like to acknowledge the Denina people whose land we work on. Many thanks to our supporters of our podcast, including Rosie Robards and Nat Hertz. The views expressed in this program do not necessarily represent the views of our supporters. Thanks to our listeners who help contribute to our programs and help us leverage additional funds and grants. If you'd like to support Youth Voices in Alaska and keep our podcasts going, you can support us through Patreon. It's a membership program that makes it easy for you to support creative endeavors just like Apne. Just go to patreon.com slash alaskateenmedia. You can also help us out by subscribing to, rating, or writing reviews of our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Every little bit helps to get our stories out there. And if you're a youth ages 13 to 24 who's interested in becoming a member of our team, go to alaskateenmedia.org slash join to find more. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For Alaska Teen Media Institute, I'm Daisy Carter. Thanks for listening. Swag money. <laughs>